What's going on, everybody? This is Mike Greco, and you're listening to Real Talk, the number one real estate podcast in New Jersey. Today, I have a very special guest. It's my close friend, colleague, and my coaching student, Chris Moreno. I don't know where this podcast is going to go. It's going to be interesting. I don't know what we're going to talk about, but we're just going to do these episodes once a month. It's called Office Hours. We're going to title it. And basically, I want to get some of the regulars in my office on the podcast for these episodes where we just talk about anything going on in the office, any drama, any client drama, what's going on with new deals, what the market's looking like, all that kind of stuff. So make sure before the video starts to like, comment, and subscribe. Please, it helps the channel so, so much. And we're gonna have a quick word from our sponsors. Cleanouts by GBella is a full-service cleanout business offering cleanouts for offices, homes, commercial buildings, estate sales, attics, basements, storage units, and much, much more. They will remove carpeting, wood or metal sheds, above-ground pools, wood or metal swing sets, and scrap metal. They basically do it all. They'll remove any trash you have, and they're very, very reliable and very easy to get in touch with. Cleanouts by GBella also offers rekeying services for foreclosed properties. So if you're in the REO business or the foreclosure business of real estate, they're definitely going to be somebody you want to keep on your contact list. They are fully licensed and insured company available for any of your property preservation or cleanout needs, working with many realtors and attorneys throughout the state of New Jersey. For a free estimate, contact Frank at 908 908- 296-8519 and check them out on Facebook and YouTube at Cleanouts by G Bella. Again, it's 908-296-8519. Give them a call today. Our second sponsor for this episode is Garden State Water Heater Company. My 50-gallon water heater was leaking. I Googled them and I found Garden State Water Heater Company. Sean and Carmen showed up the same day and within an hour they removed and replaced a 50-gallon ream water heater and showed me how to flush and maintain the unit for longer use. They're very hands-on and they will show you and instruct you on how to maintain your water heater as well as replace it. Um, I couldn't have asked for better customer service. They showed up, they were quick, and they were extremely reasonable. Garden State Water Heater cover all of New Jersey and can be reached anytime at 973-434-4100. Again, their number is 973-434-4100. Give them a call today and get a free estimate. All right, everybody, I'm here with Chris Moreno, the legend, the one and the only, the youngest real estate agent in the game. How's it going, Chris? It's going good. Please speak closer to the microphone. All right, we got to restart this. No, we're not restarting this. <laughs> this is this is raw. This is office hours. If you listen to the intro, we're going to do episodes like this where once a month we have an episode where it's people in the office like Chris, who I work with every day, and we just talk about the market, we talk about real estate, we talk about our life. Um, it's a casual episode, it's more of a free-form conversation, not interview style, and um, all the other episodes will be guests, but this is going to be a more of a laid-back episode. So whatever happens, happens on air. So Chris, tell us what's going on with your business as of lately. How long have you been in the business now? I've been in the business since February. Since February. So he's only been in for how many months now? Like five yeah like five months just about and how how many deals are you working or have you closed so far i've closed one deal it was a a mobile home (laughs) closer to the mic (laughs) how was the mobile deal the mobile home deal um it wasn't too much honestly I, i wasn't too wasn't too excited about it i didn't i didn't think it was too accomplishing um well, listen, it was good. I mean, a deal's a deal. Like, it's your first deal. It doesn't matter. 
it's not it's you know it is what it is like everybody starts somewhere a lot of people start with rentals mm-hmm. you know start small you got to build your reputation up so it makes sense now um, I want to talk we were just talking about some stuff in the office that I wanted to bring over to the podcast talking about this listing that you have coming up and you're a little worried because the you think the seller is a little overpriced possibly right yeah just like 25k above but you could talk to me you don't have to look at the camera I think we could um, work something out. Good price around seven hundred. Okay, so when are you when are you meeting with this guy? Um, I believe next week. And he's you think he's definitely in the list. Yeah. So that's pretty good. I mean, it's only five months in, and you're getting a huge listing like that. And he's, he's very he's very motivated. It's a high price point too, so it's going to be pretty good. Um, so I want to talk a little bit about any crazy client experiences that you've had so far in your first five months because. This is a whole new world to you. So, anything out of the ordinary that you kind of like was like funny or interesting that you had to deal with? Funny or interesting? Nothing much, honestly. Just like the crazy client with the four cats and three dogs. Oh yeah, tell tell talk tell me about that more. No, she she just has a lot of animals. Yeah, so and, uh, it's kind of tough finding a rental for her. Yeah, yeah. So basically the scenario is is that, if, if I remember correctly what you told me, is that she has four cats and three dogs, and every time you find a rental for her, you call the place up, and they're like, uh, no. As soon as you say, as soon yeah. as you say the pet yeah. scenario, they're like, no, not happening. Yeah. Like, I don't know what even what's going to happen with that scenario, honestly. You're going to have to find a really lenient landlord. It might be a little tough. Do you think you're going to find them a spot? Possibly. I'm not too sure. That's what happens, though, when you're first starting. You have a lot of clients who are a little bit difficult or a little bit out of the ordinary that, you know, a lot of the bigger agents might not be willing to work with because it's not worth their time or their stress. But you got to work with those clients. Yeah. Like, you got to start somewhere. And, I mean, it'll pay the bills. (laughs) Like, you know, it's a small closing, but it's worth it. And you're building yourself up. So tell me. Where were you working before this? What's your background? What's your experience? <clears throat> well, um, I was selling vacations for, for a year. Okay. Um, so I got a lot of sales experience from that. Um, I did end up meeting another real estate agent that was working in Texas. But okay. He just happened to be working at that job temporarily. Just really? To make some extra cash. How did he end up in tex- from Texas to New Jersey? He used to work for that for that company. Okay. Vacation company. Yeah. And so, and so he kind of he kind of got a call back. To Texas. Because, yeah. Okay. So look, he got a call from from the New Jersey market of the vacation. Oh. And so, okay. And so that's why he was working in. Oh. In okay. 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 So he was working in Texas as a realtor, but also doing vacations. Yeah. And then they called him New over Jersey. to Jersey. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And but now he's now he's back in Texas. Okay. Was he yeah. practicing real estate when he was in New Jersey? Uh, no. No. So he just no. was doing straight vacations. No, but he he kind of influenced me to get my license. Really? Yeah. Oh, I didn't Actually, know that. There was multiple people who who were trying to get their license. Oh, and, on uh, the vacation they, team. Some people actually took the course and everything, but nobody ended up taking the test. So they didn't, they didn't commit to it. Nobody your friend did. Devin, we should get your friend Devin to get his license. Yeah. He yeah. wants to get into stocks. Oh, really? That's interesting. So what what were you actually doing? Tell me a little bit more about the job, the vacation job. Like, what were your tasks or your well, responsibilities? It, just, it would be, like, face-to-face marketing and, like, 
try to sell them these vacation packages. Yeah, and it was pretty good money. It was like, like how was the experience? Yeah, it was good. Yeah. Um, and I'm definitely not making as much as I was making before. Well, you're starting out, so yeah, you know, it's, yeah. it's a slower climb, but the you know the reward is worth it in the end. Yeah. But um, but yeah, I, I actually like this a lot better. Yeah. Yeah, than, than the vacations. Do you? Yeah. We were talking about that. It's something I want to talk about a little bit. We were talking about yesterday how it's hard. Shout out Brian Casella. How it's hard to um, you know transition from a nine to five type job where you have like hours and you have to be somewhere versus a job where you're making your own hours and you're more flexible you know and you're like working around your client's schedule and you also have to keep yourself very motivated and we were talking about how that's a little bit it's difficult to adjust to that so how are you finding yourself like do you think that you know you're more of a routine person you need that structure well I, i just think personally it's like just just keep doing it even if even if you have days that you go to the office and you just like you just feel like you're not gonna do anything yeah or you just feel like you're not making progress yeah but you are making progress just by being in there and actually trying yeah if you show up you know you're you're gonna be inclined to do work i mean sometimes we goof off we'll watch like youtube videos and stuff sometimes we'll get distracted there's always distractions but you know when you don't have a boss and when you kind of make your own time there's always going to be those distractions but um you gotta stay focused, I mean, and, and try to like lock yourself into a structure. I've definitely realized over this week more so, like waking up earlier and kind of like forcing myself to get into the office and do things, definitely, I, I definitely like the structure better. I can, I, I feel like I can close deals and do business on like whatever schedule I make, but if you wake up early, there's something about waking up early that is just, gets you going, it gets, yeah. your, day, it gets your day off to a good start. Um, this guy tells me yesterday that he woke up at 5 a.m. and walked to Wawa to get a coffee at 5 in the morning, a 30-minute walk. I mean, I, I got I to gotta get rid of the fat. You know? Shut up. I'm just, I still don't believe that you did this. I, I did it. So if you want to have a, conf- <laughs> like a, you know, a confession on air, tell me the truth. <laughs> if you did this or not. I did, I promise. So you woke up at 5.30 yesterday, went to get coffee at Wawa, walked there 30 minutes. One, 30 minutes one way? Yeah. So an hour of walking. Yeah. And then you came into the office? Made, made some cold calls. What time uh, What time did you come in? I came in, uh, I, I aimed for 8 o'clock. Okay. But I, I got in like at 8, 12. Not bad. So the reason I don't believe this is because I came in at like 11. And he still had the Wawa coffee from 5 a.m. Yeah. I wasn't gonna that buy another coffee. That's a little, how did you not finish a coffee from 5 a.m. to 11 in a five-hour period? You didn't finish one cup of coffee. I like to drag my coffee throughout the day. So okay, okay. I like to make it last longer than it has to. Listen, I'll give you the benefit of the doubt on that one. All right, so let's get into our question. Um, we talked about your past a little bit. So what, besides the people talking about real estate, like, did you ever have like, any passion for real estate or business separate from the vacation job before you got your license? Well, actually, yeah. Like when I, when I first finished high school, I really wanted to get my real estate license. My parents did not find that a good idea at all. Really? Like, they hated the idea of me, really? me doing real estate. Yeah. Why do you think that it is? Um, they just, they just thought it was, 
it was better for me to go to school and like get a steady job. Traditional, like a traditional route, yeah, college. My sister went to college and stuff. She's a nice shop. Okay. Doing like marketing. Okay. But um, I ended up going to college for a year, but then I found this sales job, and so I kind of learned a lot of a lot of things through that. Right. And you know, I, I thought, why not? Why not sell? the best kind of thing there is to sell, you know, real estate. There you go. <laughs> Why sell vacations when I could sell real estate? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, what were you majoring in in school when you went for that year? Business administration. Okay, yeah. I was doing the same thing. I was a business degree for two years, and then I dropped out. I haven't gone back. I might go back. Yeah. I thought about it, too. I, I thought about, like, doing part-time school, just getting my degree on the side, just to yeah. have it. But I don't know, man. Like, Something we can, talk, we can definitely go into, which is not really real estate related, but more like entrepreneurial, entrepreneurial related. I can't speak. Um, is like the fact that you know school is becoming more and more obsolete, and there's so many people online who are making a lot of money in business, like real estate or YouTube or whatever it may be, digital media, and you know they're just saying that business school is outdated. You know, a lot of the stuff you learn in business, you, you never are going to use in the workplace. Yeah. Like, I was taking a class on, like, Word documents, how to use, like, Word documents and, like, Excel sheets, spreadsheets and stuff. Like, ba very basic stuff that's kind of inundated compared to, like, what the technology we have is now. Like, there's no, um, like, is social media, like, taught in school for, like, marketing? Do you, no. Did you, did you, did you, did you took, took a marketing class your first year? Yeah. Did they even go over, like, Instagram? Or like anything like that? No. Yeah, me neither. So it's like a lot of people are going the route where they're like, you know, co college is the you know original route that you can get a steady job, but you can kind of pave your own way now with the technology we have. You kind of can make your own business and have a chance at actually making it big, you know, in a way. Actually, I, I know somebody who who just graduated. Okay. Um, but he's planning on going to different like industries. But he, he went to school for business. <clears throat> okay. What is he going to do with his degree? Do you know? He doesn't really know yet. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of people end up just getting some like you know salary job, like an internship or starting low and then building themselves up in a company, which is definitely a, a cool route. I mean, it, it really depends on the person and what you want to do. Like I'm definitely more of a person where I don't want to work for a boss. Yeah. And I want to make my own hours. And I want to be able to have financial freedom, and yeah. but also you know have freedom of my own life as well, mm -hmm. and not have to like wake up nine to five. I mean, waking up's not the problem. It's kind of going to an office nine to five every day and working for somebody else and doing something you don't really care about. You know, you're not you're not furthering yourself, and that's that's really a, that's something that I would say when I was working those real estate office jobs for other agents, I was like, I can do the same thing, but do it for my own business and brand myself and market myself. And then that's why I, that's why I left. So I totally get that. All right. So, Chris, where do you see yourself in the next twenty years, long term? Like, what are your goals, and like, where do you want to be in life? Um. Well, I want to own a bunch of investment properties. Hopefully, oh, yeah. we've talked about this. Yeah. Yeah. Um. But eventually, I want to get a house, a nice car. And a boat. And a boat. I might. I'm, I wanna. I wanna live off the water. I think. What about the jet skis? The <laughs> uh, I might get a jet ski too. <laughs> Don't you have one already? Yeah, it's broken though. So. You gotta fix it. I might just get a. 
a whole new one. I don't think it's worth fixing. Mm. So a house on the water, that's your goal 20 years from now, and owning some investment properties. Yeah, and just traveling the world basically after, after I retire. <laughs> that sounds great. So are you going to still be involved in real estate? Yeah. Like selling, actually buying and selling like, like as an agent? Or do you want to get to a point where you just have the investment properties and they're making you that income? Well, I want to have multiple sources. So, I mean, I, I'm trying to look for that, that third source. Yeah. But so far, it's going to be being a real estate agent and doing um, investment, investment properties. properties. Listen, I mean, anybody in this business will tell you, any agents will tell you that investment properties. This episode is also sponsored by Josh Blair with Family First Funding. Buying a home should be one of life's greatest moments. Creating a happy customer is not just an idea, it's a tangible result that Josh strives to achieve on every single transaction. Josh's biggest passion and drive today is still the same, helping others achieve their personal goals and dreams. At Family First Funding, their mission is to set high standards in the mortgage industry, and they are committed to quality customer service, putting the people they serve first. Take advantage of their expertise in the residential lending industry by calling Josh Blair today. You will find that the skill, professionalism, and consideration they give to each of their clients is what will make getting your loan a successful endeavor. You can reach Josh personally anytime at 732-904-7856. Again, his number is 732-904-7856. And I can testify personally. I work with Josh on many deals. He is my preferred lender, and he does an amazing job. His team is available around the clock 24-7. I call and text him anytime. So if you're a realtor looking to work with a new lender who's going to be reliable, answer your calls, and be on top of your deals, he's the guy to go to. And last but not least, we have Goldfinch Title. Goldfinch Title is backed by Trident Abstract out of Wall Township. A leader in the industry, Trident has been in business since 1976. At Goldfinch, they have specialized teams ready to respond with solutions tailored to your needs, whatever they may be. This ensures that you receive maximum responsiveness, cost effectiveness, and efficiency. In partnership with their growing networks of offices around the globe, they have the flexibility to service national and multinational customers. Communication is key, and from the moment your offer is accepted, Goldfinch representatives will walk you through every step of the process. I can personally vet for them as well. I've worked with them on many deals. They work with my preferred attorney, and I've had nothing but a pleasure working with them, and every transaction that's in their hands has gone extremely smooth. Goldfinch has been vetted by most major banks and lenders. They offer full settlement services, making the process with them simple and completely cohesive. So if you're interested in working with them, call 732-547-2242 for a quote today or to learn more about their services. Again, the number is 732-547-2242. All right, sorry about that. We had a little technical difficulty there. But like I was saying, um, every realtor that I've talked to will say that investment properties is the way to long-lasting wealth, you know. And working firsthand with investor clients, you see how much money there is in that business. You know, flipping houses or rental properties. And same for me, that's my long-term goal is to, you know, be financially stable, financially happy and, you know, comfortable. And I definitely want to own a, a bunch of investment properties, you know, if there are apartment buildings or duplexes or whatever they may be. But having that passive income and being a landlord is always like a security net, definitely. So it makes sense. Um, I want to go back to something else we were talking about before 
about how you got started with business and wanted to you know your life get your license and re- get involved in real estate um was there anything that like what do you think really sparked your interest in business versus um, something else was there anybody that you were watching or friends or family that like talk to you about business i know your dad owns a taco truck you want to give him a little shout out get him some business yeah do you think taco loco uh 500 oberlin <laughs> in lakewood excuse me great tacos i've had I've, I've stolen a couple from chris um do you think that your, your dad maybe influenced you in any way like to be an entrepreneur yeah um yeah you think so like yeah. he's the main source it kind of like stemmed off from there. I don't think it's the main source though. Okay. But um, I did want to get into business and stuff because like I was like looking up like entrepreneurs and stuff at the time when I was like sixteen. Or how did something. you get? How did? What made you like think that? You just think you were born with that passion, or? You think I, it's... <clears throat> well, getting into that vacation job, it kind of just like sparked for me. Right. Because like before, uh, before that vacation job. I was I was working at Popeyes okay. making chicken. Yeah, yeah. And it was it was horrible. I mean, it was it would be so hot in the back. Yeah. And like I did that for a year. Yeah. And then uh, and I worked at this car dealership because I was I was actually considering like at the time I was in college. Okay. I was considering being like a sales manager like, at a car dealership. Good job, probably. Yeah. And uh, I realized that some of them didn't have degrees. Yeah. Some of the sales managers. And so I was working as a cashier, just trying to get more experience, and uh, I was honestly really bad at it. Like, you had, you had to like take care of all the cars on the lot, and you had to like uh, do a bunch of paperwork for like registration and stuff. Right. And like I was super slow. I got I got fired after the second week. Oh my gosh! <laughs> How have I never heard about this before? Oh, I, I just didn't tell you. I guess. What? It's a local dealership. Like, do I, is it around here? Yeah. No names. <laughs> that is so funny. So you got fired but, from there, and then you went to the vacation job. I got fired from there. I was devastated. I was like, I was like, I felt like a failure. I was like, this is horrible. And I, I went back to Popeyes for like a few more months. I was I was actively looking for sales jobs though. Mm. And I found the the vacation company. Yeah. And then and I started working for them. Right. I. I I sucked, completely sucked, like, in the beginning. Okay. Like, the first month. Yeah. And uh, I was actually about to get fired, too. <laughs> but all of a sudden, like, like the next week, it just sparked. Yeah. And and I just started closing more deals than anybody. Really? And and, and I was actually the, the, the top producer. Really? Yeah, for, for, for the longest time. That's awesome. Yeah. So when you left, they were probably kind of upset that you were leaving. Yeah. Yeah, they they kind of figured that I, that I wasn't really motivated anymore. Yeah, I was kind of just over it. Yeah, yeah. So how did you decide like to take that leap and leave that vacation job and just jump into a whole new field where you had no experience and you didn't know how much money you would be making? For well, I, I knew I wasn't going to be making that much money, but I wanted to put myself in that situation, yeah, uh, like to get more experience. And yeah, stuff. kind of to throw yourself in the um, fire. Yeah, yeah. That's what I always tell you. I always tell you. Whenever I'm coaching him, he's always like, you're not explaining it. I'm like, there's only so much you can explain to this business, and so much of it is experience-based. Like, throwing yourself in the fire and, like, learning. Like, I can go over with you how to do a listing presentation all day, but 
every single client is different. Every single scenario is different. Some people do not want to see a listing presentation. Some people want to see 100 pages worth of marketing material that you're going to provide them. So, you know, you really got to find your own category and like master what you're good at in this business. But, you know, definitely when you're a new agent, you're throwing yourself in the fire. Yeah. You don't know what to expect. And definitely when you're starting off, you want to reach out to people you already know. Because you'd be surprised how many people want to sell their home. Personal sphere is very important. I think that's what I did when I became an agent. Um, The first, like, two weeks, I just put a list together of all my contacts. And I went through my Facebook as well. And I reached out to every single person. And I sent them a a little message saying, hey, I'm a new new realtor. If you're looking to buy or sell or if you know anybody looking to buy or sell, I would gladly would like to work with you. Definitely try and, and get listings, though. Yeah. Like to any new well, agent, definitely try and get listings through your sphere, because it's it's really hard to get listings when you have no experience. So yeah, at least if you have that one under your belt, then then you're somewhat credible. But if you have no listings at all, then what do you really have to offer? You know? Right. Right. It's when, like you just have to hope that they list with you, even though you have you have no, no yeah. prior experience. Ex- exactly. And like it's hard because I see Chris Cole's calling. And, you know, he's brand new. And if they ask questions like, how many listings have you sold? Or what, what, what listings do you have in my neighborhood? Or do you know this area? And, you know, when you're a new agent, you're calling everywhere. We're calling the whole state, basically. Yeah. He's trying to get listings. Like, we'll take whatever, you, you, you know, like any deal you can get, you can take. Um, right well, now. As long as, as, long as uh, the client's happy, as long as they're making their money. Yeah, exactly. I don't want to screw anybody over. So. Exactly, exactly. But um, like you're saying, it's definitely very difficult to secure that first listing but personal sphere is like a doorway because they're a family they're going to list with you no matter what you know unless they know somebody else in the family that's when it gets a little tricky if you have another person in your family who's an agent as well but um getting that first listing from personal sphere is definitely huge um how, how did your personal sphere go did you get a lot of clients when you called people that family and friends well i did end up getting this listing it was uh, a family friend. And, the, the trailer? Uh, yeah. It was oh, mobile. that was a family friend? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. It was a mobile home. Um, but I actually got my first client from that mobile home. Actually, I didn't end up selling that, that trailer because he ended up wanting to take it off the market. Right, right. But I did a few showings there. Right. And uh, actually got got my first client from there. Uh, the buyer? Yeah. Is it is it the buyer that you have the offer on now? No, no, no. He's from something else. Okay. She she bought a different. She bought the other uh, trailer, one. right? Yeah. That was your first closing. Yeah. See, that's the that's the great thing about listings too. Like, you get buyers from it. You host open houses. You know, people calling you. Like, I remember, you, even though it was a trailer park, you were getting a lot of calls. People who were saying, you know, I'm interested. I'm interested. Calling you directly, not working with an agent. And some of them, I think, didn't weren't you pushing some through and getting them pre-approved for like different properties yeah actually the, the buyers i'm working with now they're looking to buy a house that's like uh 180k okay and um i got them from that mobile home too right it was it's basically it was it was from the same one yeah 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 so i bought yeah yeah and them they, too so i got them pre-approved now we're uh we're, we're putting in some offers yeah um i think they want to look at other other houses though yeah i'm not I don't think they want to put the offer in anymore. Yeah, that's an interesting scenario we could talk about as well, like situations where um, like your client now has put in like two offers and has pulled them back, right? Yeah. Like has like been like, ah, I changed my mind and then wants to see some other houses. 
it happens. It definitely happens, but it's a little bit frustrating, especially with the current market. I mean, I don't know how the market is in other states, but in New Jersey right now, like the properties are flying off the market. Multiple offer scenarios, bidding wars. It's pretty chaotic. Um, so, you know, you have to be really fast with it. And I hope that your client can find a house. I feel, yeah. like, I feel like you should just go back to the first one. The first one. I'll, I'll have to see. I'm going to give him a call. To him. I'll give him a call. You're talk to him. But yeah, listings. Um, so how has cold calling been for you? Like these, like the first five months, how, 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 any, any results? What are you, well, what are you feeling? I, honestly, I don't feel like I'm good at cold calling, but I feel Practice. like it's, I feel like it's all about just like doing it consistently. Yeah. And then eventually you'll just get really good at it. Yeah. But like, there's, there's just some days where I just get extremely nervous. Yeah. And I just don't make a single call. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like, I overthink things a lot. Yeah. Definitely. Um, I mean, it's understandable. You're brand new. And, you know, you could get into a conversation where they're asking you tough questions that you have no answers for. Like, if somebody was to ask you, like, how many listings have you sold in my neighborhood, what would be your answer? Like, zero. Would you just say zero? Or would you say, like, <laughs> would you be like... Well, I mean, I, I've, I've helped out people on, on the buyer's side. So it's, it's the same thing, except I have to do more marketing and right. um, <clears throat> expose your home to That's all true. the buyers. That's true. It's smart, I feel like, when you're cold calling to come up with, like answers to questions where you're kind of like avoiding the actual question i guess if you have to like if they said like how many buyers you know i mean how, how many buyers how many houses have you sold in my area you'd be like my team you know is experts at marketing like you have to fluff yourself up especially in the beginning yeah, yeah. you have to make yourself sound very professional yeah and you have to sound like you offer a lot that you're going to provide the client a lot to really convince them i mean i know you are going to and that's the thing like a lot of young agents don't get a chance because a person doesn't want to work with somebody unexperienced. But a lot of these young agents, like me and Chris, are very hungry and willing to offer a lot. And that's kind of, I feel like, I've been getting, working with a lot, a lot of listings as of recently. And I feel like I kind of broke into it a little bit and I proved myself with one or two of them. So now, you know, more and more business is showing up on my doorstep. So, you know, it's all about making that good first impression. And then once you lock in that first listing, just really be attentive and be on top of those clients and they'll be a lifelong referral. They'll give you tons of business. So that's what it's all about. All right, so what do you think about COVID? Let's get into a different topic. COVID? COVID-19, how do you think it's gonna affect the real estate market moving forward? Do you think it's gonna resurge and do you think that's gonna affect the market in a, in a negative or positive way? Um. I think people are gonna sell their home regardless because if they if they really need the money, yeah, or they just want to get get rid of a property that that's on their hands, right? That they haven't got rid of, like after buying their house already. Yeah, yeah. Like, but but yeah, I don't I don't think it's really gonna affect the real estate market too much. I just think people are just gonna work around it. Virtual yeah. showings, just like everything everything virtual. Yeah. I yeah. guess during during COVID times. Yeah, I, I feel like during the first wave of COVID, when it first initially <laughs> happened, you know, it was new territory that none of us really understood or knew what to do about. So people kind of panicked, and that's why we had that, like, drop in the market where there was very, very low inventory for a while there. People took their house off the market, worried about people coming through, you know, strangers who might have COVID. Excuse me. Um, 
But now I feel like it's almost like it's becoming a more of a normality. And it's like we have to adapt to it in a way because we can't just like pause everybody's life because of COVID. If people have to sell houses still, people have to sell houses. We have to take precautions. But at this point, it's been running so long. It's like I think everybody's fed up. They're just like – I gotta, I gotta figure out some way to get my house sold, or you know, I gotta, yeah. I, I have, if you have a buyer is looking for a house, like some people just have to buy a house, like you can't, you know, nothing's gonna be able to stop them. Relocation for work, or you know, upgrading. They're having a kid, they need an extra bedroom. There's some scenarios where it's just impossible to put your life on pause. So that's what's interesting about the real estate market. There's always somebody. There's never, you know, the market changes, and you just gotta adapt to it. You know, there's always going to be deals out there. It's never going to be completely dry. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. even during like a, a crash type period of time, there's, there's still deals happening. You know, there's still people selling, there's still people buying. You just got to figure out where the money is and what kind of deals you got to, you know, how you got to change and adapt to things. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so six months in, how are you feeling so far? How, how like, what do you think about real estate? Like, any perceptions you had about it that are different now that you're actually doing it? Well, sometimes I just feel like I'm not doing enough. And uh, I just feel like time goes by and, like, I could be making more progress. Yeah. But at the same time, I feel, so, like, I'm, I feel like I'm doing good. Okay. But I just feel like I'm very hard on myself. That's good. That's a good thing. And I'm, I'm the same way. I mean, I feel like I, we could always be doing more. Yeah. We always could be doing more, and uh, you know our business would be look substantially different the more we did. So we gotta. I mean, let's push ourselves. If you think you could do more, let's push ourselves. Let's we get let's get a structure schedule. Let's get in here at five a.m. every day. We're gonna do yoga before we start cold calls. Yoga, yeah, relax right. ourselves before we start the cold calls. Before we go into the into the fire. All right. So you feel like you could do more. Is there anything that you expected out of real estate going into it that's totally different now that you're here and you're like, it wasn't it wasn't what I expected? Well, I, I guess I expected it to be like a lot more difficult, like the paperwork and stuff. But it's not it's not too difficult. It's yeah. pretty self-explanatory once you fill out a few contracts. Yeah, yeah. So people, I think I feel like a lot of people I know in my age group in the twenty in the twenties age group, um, they look at real estate and they're like, oh, you're a real estate agent, like. That seems like something difficult. And I'm always like, the point of entry is so easy. Like, you pay to take a class, you take an exam, and then, you know, you just pay whatever startup fees for your office, for your brokerage. It's, it's a lot of money starting off. Like, def- Yeah, I mean, there's definitely, and every brokerage is different with how much yeah, you have to pay yeah. to get in. It's always different. But um, it's an easy point of entry. Mm-hmm. Like, you don't need to, you, it's, it's not any long schooling. You could take the entire course in two weeks, which yeah. is crazy. <laughs> like, and then you could be, you know, you can be making a hundred thousand a year if you're under the right guidance and you're, if you're really crushing it your first year. Like, who knows? Like, the opportunity is really endless. So, um, I tell everybody I know, I'm like, it's it's easy to get in. Like, you just got to work hard at it. Yeah. And I'm like, the opportunity's there. It's it's definitely tough, like starting off though. Um, I'm not I'm not gonna sit here and say that it's it's easy. Yeah, because it's not. No, no, I'm saying like it's. Like, I'm saying like it's easy to get into, like to get started up, like, it, yeah, like yeah, into the yeah, door, yeah. and then you have to do the deals, and that's when it gets t- tough, and you know you're gonna be cold calling and doing all that. But 
you yeah. need you need like a couple grand to get started. Yeah. But that's better than than college, you know. Right. What's better to you? 40, 40 grand or two grand? That's why I dropped out. All the student debt, I was like, I do not want to be paying back student loans for the rest of my life and then working some random business job that I don't even care about. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, no, I'm just, just going to cut it off here, deal with the loans I have already, and start starting my own business. Yeah. You know, start working for myself. Um, all right. Awesome. Well, I mean, I think that how long have we been running for? I think we're going to cut the episode off here. This is a little bit of a shorter one, I think. But, you know, this is Office Hours. Uh, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. It's very free-form. We just wanted to have a conversation, um, and we'll do this once a month. So once a month, we'll have no guests where it's just me, Chris. We'll have my buddy Tom. We'll have other people from in the office step in, um, different agents who have been here for various amounts of years and, you know, um, specialize in different categories. So we'll have different topics to talk about. But I wanted to have a more of a freeform episode where we have a little fun. We're a little more casual. We're just having a nice open discussion about everything going on. So next week's episode, we have a huge guest. We have Ed Stulock. He's called the Millennial Realtor, and he's huge on social media, huge on TikTok. So we're going to have a really cool conversation with him. So make sure to stay tuned for that. Make sure to comment, like, and subscribe. And follow me on all my social medias, especially Instagram, to where I post the most, at mgrecorealty. And I will see you guys next time. Thanks so much for watching.